Hi guys and welcome to our very first bonus episode. I know you guys didn't get an episode this week because it was my birthday and um, there was lots of champagne involved so podcasting was not a good idea. Um, and then this week Promise is actually out. She needed to kind of like get out of Dodge for a little bit so she'll tell us about that um, in a couple of weeks. But... We are going to be releasing our first bonus episode, which is going to be a fun one um, because we're bringing back my wonderful husband, Colton, and um, we're going to talk about kind of the one thing that we kind of know a lot about, but yet nothing about, and that is um, parenting. Well, I guess our journey into parenthood, but anyways, hi, babe. Hello. So we hope to um, put your fears at ease, especially for first-time dads, because that was Colton, and um, and maybe even instill some fears in you, which I hope not. But, <laughs> all right, babe, are you ready for this? Are you ready to relive our journey into becoming parents? We'll see. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. That's reassuring. But I guess, okay, so I guess we'll start off with how scared shitless were you when I told you I was pregnant? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much the most scared I think I've really ever been. I felt like it was pretty surreal. You know, like it was, I don't know, it was, it was really unreal. The only other thing I could compare it to is being in, um, being in school for the military and getting told you're getting sent overseas. And, uh, but yeah, I really felt like it was like that. And so, and so, <laughs> I know that sounds, well, sounds really bad, but that's, that's really how I felt. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely realistic. Kids were not in, um, kids were not really in the cards for us at that time. No. Which was, which Very I think, close. which I think was the biggest shock. And also, I guess I should, like, before we go any further, I'm going to give a disclaimer here. There is no, there there truly is no step-by-step guideline when it comes to dealing with pregnancy, dealing, there's, there's, in dealing, just being a parent in general, there is truly a million books that will tell you the same thing. And there will always be something in those books that do not apply to you. Um, so before we go on, like we're not parenting experts by any means, but we're just like going to give you guys the raw, um, the raw information of what kind of we went through, um, through pregnancy and where we are now to having a full blown toddler. Um, but yes, scared shitless. Absolutely. Um, I was, I was honestly, even though like. Colton would never do this to me because he's just not this kind, that kind of man. But I had a dream the night, the night before I told you that I was pregnant. I had a dream that I told you and you left me. So I was that. So I woke up that next morning knowing that I was going to tell you fully thinking in like truly believing that um, that you were going to leave me. And I remember telling you and, and like apologizing to you when it's like, why am I apologizing for like having sex with you? And like pregnancy is, you know, pregnancy is caused by sex. So why am I apologizing to you for the fact that I got pregnant? Yeah. It, it was all very, it was all very scary. So setting that aside and then honestly, like having the true conversation of like, are, do, are, should we really do this? Are we really ready for this? Which you're not. There's no such thing as being ready for any of it. There truly is not. No, and I know I'm like super weird and always want to do things, you know, a thousand percent. So I always, I always thought that I was going to go through like child development classes and, you know, 
everything that I possibly could before having a kid. I really thought I was going to try to like check every box in preparation beforehand to where it was like it was completely planned. There was no having to do, you know, not anything. Cause you always have to do things, but I really thought it was going to be like, yeah, no, no worrying about setting up the nursery and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That would all be done beforehand, you know? And so, yeah, and like I said, I thought I was going to go through all those classes and read all those books and do all that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, so that scared me even more. Yep. Totally, completely unprepared. Um, so kind of fast forwarding, we go to my first doctor's appointment. And that was kind of a surreal thing because, you know, like, okay, yeah, I peed on a stick and said that I'm pregnant. I call my doctor and they're just like, oh, well, you aren't allowed to come in till eight weeks. So when was your last period? Oh, you, you're going to have to like be probably pregnant for like another two weeks before you can even see a doctor. So that was kind of like scary all in itself too of like, okay, so it really, I, for me, it didn't become real until we went to that first doctor's appointment. Yeah. And like with that being, that being said, like, I don't know my first reaction on like what you just said, like what's going through my mind is, um, this is one of the first steps that it's really hard not to have really high expectations of what medicine, what doctors can do. Like you think like, Oh, if I could pee on a stick and it tells me I'm pregnant, then like, okay, the technology's there. Like, it, you know, like then, you know, yeah, we have that great technology that tells me, you know, that you're pregnant, you know, this early and, you know, you kind of set those expectations and then, and then you can't go into the doctor because they, you know, because they don't know if it's a chemical pregnancy, like all those <laughs> other things. And you, and that's like the first indicator for me, like realizing like, no, there's like a lot of stuff that they don't know. There's like a lot of stuff that the technology is not there for. There's a lot of steps in this that the medicine and doctors are not as advanced as I, again, not an expert and not having going through this, you know, expected. Like I expected, yeah, I expected so much more. Mm -hmm. um, you, know, there, you know, there's exceptions to some of that, but that is my first thought. When you mentioned that, it was like, yeah, looking back, being like, well, yeah, why, why can't we, if we have a stick that you can pee on that tells you you're pregnant this quick, why, why can't a doctor do it? Yeah. Why, like, why can't I pee on a stick and then go to the doctor within a couple of days? And it, I mean, and, and get verified and validated. I mean, I think part of that has to be with false hope, just with, um, just with the fact that one in three women miscarry within the first eight to 12 weeks of pregnancy. So I can, I kind of understood it but yeah it is it is one of those weird things where it's like okay wait so now i'm literally going to be peeing on a stick every single day until this doctor's appointment just to like make sure because i'm calling my doctor being like well oh and that's another thing too not all pregnancy tests are accurate either because yeah. i remember the ones where you just pee on the stick and you get like the you know the one line or the two lines Every single one of those came up positive, but I ended up getting, I also got one of the digital pregnancy tests and that digital pregnancy test told me I wasn't pregnant. And they say that those are like the most effective, but that one told me I wasn't pregnant. Mm. So like, again, it's just like, oh my God, this was, this was insane. And then you get this, you get this ultrasound and we still, I still have that ultrasound picture and it looked, it's just this, this this thing it's just this thing and you're like uh, uh, baby <laughs> looks, like, looks like an amoeba yeah you have no idea really what it looks like this looks like a blob yeah and then you get like this full like there i am like eight weeks pregnant we're just like sitting there and all these other things come into play so many doctor's appointments so many 
doctor's appointments, you start to think about things that like you never really thought about. Like, so my, my OBGYN that I was going to, um, was like a good, probably like hour and a half away from the house. If you know, you would say so immediately in that first doctor's appointment, that first ultrasound, I ended up breaking up with my OBGYN because I was like, I can't deliver at this hospital. It is so far away from where I live that like, it's unrealistic for me to think about like my water breaking at home, having to literally sit around at home for X amount of time until contractions get far enough apart and then hopefully making it to the hospital on time. So like, I remember our first doctor's appointment, I was just like, we were going to be going to a different hospital, like where I'm going to be switching OBs because you, at least for me, those were all the things that were running through my head of like, cause we do, we, we live, we live out in what is considered to most people a rural area where we're pretty far away from, from a lot of things, including hospital. And the closest hospital to our house is still a good, like, 45 to 50 minutes away. And, like, those are just things that I, that I immediately had to start thinking about. And I don't even know if any of those thoughts ran through your head. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, again, I'm like the weirdo that... Thinks you have to have, like, 20 different contingency plans. So, yeah, like, I was absolutely worried about, like, you know, being too far and having, you know, all the things that could go wrong. You know, was, we knew he was going to be born in the winter. So, like, yeah, what if, you know, bomb, cyclone, storm of the century hits and, you know, like, yeah, they want you having it in the backseat of the car or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, no, I definitely worried about all that. I never... I guess I did good at not portraying that. But, yeah, I always try to have, like, ten contingencies to the plans on that stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I was way worried about that. And, I mean, you know, being your your first one and, not again, not knowing what to expect. Yeah, I was, I was really worried about that, you know, being that far. And, you know, we kind of talked about before if you could, you know, got closer if you had to stay at a friend's house or I was willing to, you know, like, put you in a hotel or something for the week prior to your due date you know like yeah i was definitely worried about that yeah so. like all those things you really start to think about and then you're thinking about all these other things that um like i i so i remember too like um when so when you're pregnant obviously it's it's the you know it's 50 percent of dad's genes 50 percent of mom's genes and um a big thing that they would ask of like, you know, you have to like fill out all this paperwork of like family medical history. And, um, and one thing that really scared me and that I know kind of that I knew scared you was, um, Colton doesn't know any of his paternal, um, any of his medical paternal history. medical history. Yeah. So that was really scary of just kind of being like, Oh my God, like, we don't know if he is a carrier to anything that we could possibly be giving to our son now at the time it was just baby which again is not something you think of beforehand but when you have to fill out all the paperwork and they ask you all these questions it's like they it's like they instill like this fear in you you know like i didn't you know like i didn't worry about my attitude before that was like well we can't control it, so why not worry about it? But then, like, after we had to go to the doctors and after we had to fill that stuff out, like, it's like they instill it in you. It's mm -hmm. like they're, you know, like, so, and let me, like, fast forward a little bit, like, and, and this is one of the biggest pieces of advice that I've given, like, anyone that I've known that has to go to ultrasounds is, like, when you said earlier you go through, you have to go to a lot of medical appointments, um... I real I try to tell people like change change the reason why you go to the ultrasounds like you know they sit there and tell you like oh this checkup you're checking for this you're going at you know two weeks later for this no you're not going 
to see if your kid has like spina bifida or some kind of deformation you're going because you have to like if you if you go into it knowing that like hey like you know whatever the number is every two weeks you're going in for an ultrasound and you look at it like that it's a hell of a lot better than going in being like oh we're going to go see if he's going to be deformed in like this way shape or form like that i hated that like that i look back and that honestly like pisses me off that it's like that's how they like that's how they like sell that that's how they Mm -hmm. like tell you that's the reason they tell you that you're going and like no that's not the reason you're going like you're going either way and they're checking for other things but it's crappy that they tell you that they're checking for the worst possible thing every freaking time you go yeah like i remember i remember um he like tristan was like faced properly so they were able to like look at his face and they were like oh that's so good his his eyeballs are producing properly and i'm like what and then like go up and they're like oh yeah like you can see his retinas like he's not gonna be blind and i'm like "Uh, okay what like excuse me yeah a lot of like a lot of that kind of stuff and luckily like one or or those other like diseases that you just like never think of i mean you know like the sad part is is I can't even remember them because that was the only time I ever heard of half of those, like, mm-hmm. you know, diseases or deformations or anything. Like, I never heard of them before and I never heard of them after. I only heard about them when we were supposedly, that's why we were going to those ultrasounds. Yeah. That's so crappy. Like, that like adds the, so much stress. I think the biggest ultrasound you go to in your pregnancy is your 20-week ultrasound. And that's when they're able... They make sure that the heart is okay because, you know, um, because I know that that is a fairly common thing. They're able to count fingers and toes, make sure there's a a mouth, nose, ears, eyes, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that 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 is an important one. But it's just kind of like I went into it knowing that we were going to to see an actual baby for the first time in and then you're kind of in the ultrasound and they're like, okay, great. 10 fingers, 10 toes. Great. The heart's functioning fine. And like, you don't really think about like, oh, wait, there, it's amazing that science has gotten to where it's at to where we are able to look at all those things. Because when, so honey, when you were born, I'm not trying to age you and we're not going to. No, but you're really good at that. (laughs) I am the younger one. Um, you know, back when your mom was pregnant with you, they only did ultrasounds if it was medically necessary. So your right. mom didn't know your if you were a boy or a girl. Yeah. She right. didn't know, you know, like honestly, like if it wasn't for her missing, you know, like knowing her body enough to go and pee on a stick one day, she probably never would have even known that she was pregnant with you. Right, but you know, the catch to that, you know, the caveat to that is is again like going what we went through, like, man, it almost would have been more tempting to like cuz I was hugely worried about what that stress was doing to you. Again, you're going in to check to, you know, to see make sure, you know, again, we were going to make sure that he didn't have this and we did blood tests to make sure that he didn't have this. And again, I wish I could remember the 50 different examples that they give you of like what they're checking for of like again not just like 10 fingers and 10 toes like major major medical issues well like, okay so what you're talking about is the blood test we did at 10 weeks that and like again some of those that we went into like they you know like we you know like i feel like you know i felt like one you know we were going in one to make sure like his spine was like forming properly you know what i mean like everything was just such a major you know a major issue like a major to me felt like bullet that we were dodging because you know we're hopefully not having you know a kid with just a you know a major massive medical issue that's gonna be you know life altering for all three of us you know that's how i felt like most of our again not all of them but most of the appointments were which it shouldn't have it should have been labeled like that and you know so the caveats like for what my mom went through you know, then that, then take away all that stress of those. You know, we were going again, like, feels like every two weeks or however many appointments we had, if she didn't have to deal with any of that, you know, because mm-hmm. it really is kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Because I told you before, before we went to those appointments, I had that mentality. Like, it's nothing we can control. Why worry about it? But then you go and they're like, oh, 
okay, well, you go in two weeks to make sure, you know, again, his spine is forming properly or, you know, is getting enough brain waves or something crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, it, it puts it in you. It puts it, so doesn't it? You have two weeks to think about, like, F, man. You know, yeah, I hope he, you know, hope his spine is forming properly or hope, you know. Hope this, <laughs> hope that. I was put at a lot of ease. Um, I was put at a lot of ease after we got the blood test done at 10 weeks. So like the blood test I'm talking about is, um, so since we, so since Colton doesn't know half of his, half of his medical history, cause he doesn't know his paternal medical history. Um, I was extremely worried about that. And so they do provide a test, which they draw my blood. And since I'm carrying baby, um, they're able to, I, I don't know exactly what they do, but they can figure out it. They can honestly figure out if Colton is a carrier of anything through taking my blood because I am sharing, I don't really know how the science works, but they were able to figure out if Tristan was a carrier of something that we would have to worry about based on Colton's, based on Colton's, um, blood, I guess. I don't, Colton's DNA. I don't know. Um, and you can also in that blood test, um, they can also test the gender as well. So we did that as well. Cause I'm like, I'm so incredibly impatient and so is Colton. And <laughs> that was like, it was one of those moments where it was like, we found out we were having a boy and I, for me, it just made finding out we were a boy, finding out that he, that Colton's half of Tristan's DNA is not a major carrier of anything doesn't have any diseases. We don't have to worry about any anything like that. Anything that could be hereditary from Colton's side. Um, I was like, great. This makes it that much easier. We're having a boy. We, um, we, we picked out, we picked out Tristan's name, the day of my eight week appointment, and it was like, hey, if we have a boy, what do you want to name him? And Colton and I was like, hey, by the way. I think I prefaced it with whether it's a boy or a girl, if it's a boy, it'll have, he'll have your middle name. If it's a girl, she'll have my middle name. So he said, you know, if we were, if we were to have a boy, what would the name be? And Colin just like peeked his head out of the shower and was like, I like Tristan. And I said, okay, I like that. Like, I like that. So, I mean, yeah. So that made everything a lot easier for me going into the doctor's appointments and stuff like that. I don't think I was as worried or scared or conflicted as you um and I, I I honestly couldn't really tell you why I was starting to get more concerned as it was getting closer um closer to my due date I wasn't scared to give birth because I knew what kind of experience I wanted but I was I was worried about all the other things that could go wrong, which seems like kind of vague, but like, so my biggest fear when I was pregnant was having to have a C-section. I, there's nothing wrong with having a C-section. I know plenty of women who choose to have C-sections, um, you know, and that's just what works for them. Um, I know that I know of other people that have had to have emergency C-sections and I know people that went into their pregnancy already knowing that due to whatever they needed to have C-sections. But for me, I was terrified. I was going to do everything in my power to make sure that a C-section was not going to happen for me because that was just not the experience that I wanted. And in my, it honestly, it's probably an experience that like a lot of people don't want. But if that's, if that's what they have to do to have a baby, then that's, that's all, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I was just, I was terrified. So before we get to that, let's talk about classes. Starting actually, before we get to classes, let's talk about finding the hospital. I mean... I don't know what you want for me on that, cause, cause I did all the work on it. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't have any input on that. Like, not that you didn't give me the choice to not have input, but like, 
But dude, I didn't care. I just wanted you to find. I wanted you to find something that you were the most happy with. And we were kind of restricted because of distance. our location and, yeah, the distance. So trying to find one in proximity of that was close enough. So I was really afraid that, like, you know, if, like, you know, the first one you liked was going to be further, you know. But you kind of had a heads up of the closer one of being that it was a really good one. And so I was grateful for that. I mean, as you know, I just... I just wanted you to be comfortable and be happy with it. That was, like, my biggest thing. I didn't want you, like, settling, you know, settling for it. I, it's one of those things where I knew where I didn't want to have Tristan. Yeah. And then from around there, I, you know, so the hospital we ended up going to is rated, I believe, one of the best hospitals in the state um, for labor delivery. And also... They're ranked super high, I think, either in the state or in the country on their food, which doesn't seem that important, but it's in, it's important. And we'll we'll get to that. We will get we will get to how important it is on on food at the hospital. But um, one thing to pay attention to in hospital tours is honestly, any hospital that you want to have a baby in, they do provide free tours that you can sign up for. And they literally walk you through what it'll be like the day that you are having your baby. Whether you come in because your water breaks or you're coming in for a scheduled induction or C-section or anything like that. And I really, I really liked that... Um, the first thing they explained to us, and honestly, if it's something that a hospital does not bring up, I would maybe suggest going to a different one, was how they do not mix up babies and how secure the labor <laughs> delivery ward is. I mean, it was an, it was pretty intense and intimidating at first. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like they almost like push it as like a huge selling point, like... You know, like, yeah, we're like Fort Knox and we're not going to send you out with the wrong baby, you know, but. Yeah. And like, and it's just anywhere. It's like the baby isn't even allowed like in a, so, okay. So baby has a little wristband on and it has some kind of like computer chip in it that if that baby leaves the labor delivery ward at any time an alarm goes off yeah like a silent alarm goes any off door yeah any door that it goes out of so yeah even, uh, even like any emergency door or anything like that yeah which is pretty crazy and it's like the second tristan well when we first showed up to the hospital we each got a wristband that had a barcode on it yep. when tristan was born tristan had a wristband with either well he had a wristband with a barcode and i and it was like one of those things where it was like before we before they could take our baby or give our baby back to us, they had to like scan our wristbands to make sure that they all had the same barcode. Yeah. So I, I like, yeah, I really I really like that factor. And um, my prep, because uh, we've already discussed this, you guys, I do not read. Um, so I. Another thing to maybe help you prepare for having a baby, um, BBC does these really cool, like, it's a really cool docu-series about the labor and delivery board. So literally it's just a TV show documenting moms coming in and having babies and kind of like what they go through. And that helped me a lot. And one thing that it taught me that I did not know was that one of the leading causes in um, like maternity fatalities in childbirth is hemorrhaging. Um, hemorrhaging after you have a baby. And so I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, what do you, what, what is this? What does this mean? And um, uh, so I remember going through and they were showing us the the um, delivery suite where you have your baby. And I remember asking, do you guys have a hemorrhaging cart in the room? Because I was watching this show and a nurse came on and said, well, normally in in hospitals and grand, this is a BBC. This is held in a different country. 
Um, before we realized that hemorrhaging was a problem, you didn't have hemorrhaging kits. So if a mom was hemorrhaging, you had to run around all over the hospital to get all the things, you know? And so I remember just being like, do you guys have a hemorrhaging kit? And she, I remember she kind of like looked at me and was like, yes, we have one in every single room. Um, it is ready. It's like, it's honestly ready to go and it's prepped while you're giving, while you're having your baby just in case. And I was like, okay, sweet. One thing you will never find in any hospital room is, um, a comfortable bed for dad, mom, other, you know, other parent, a they parent. Um, could you agree? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was pretty surprised on like the setup, like how roomy it was. Like, I felt like we were like in a, like a small hotel, honestly. It's like all that, all that at like the initial seems like a great, like has great appearance to it. But then, yeah. But then you're like, you're stuck on a little couch, you know, and you know, and I don't know how well you remember, but yeah, I mean, I remember like sleeping with Tristan on that little couch, like mm -hmm. just nuggled him like, you know, against the inside of it and just, just kind of like squished in there. And, uh, yeah, you again think that that would be like a basic, you know, a basic, uh, it's just almost like it'd be the standard for as long as that you're there because you are there for way longer than you ever expect to be. <laughs> Even as fast as yours went, I just still didn't think, like, I just well, still didn't think it would be there that long. Yeah, and I mean, I had Tristan on a Friday, and we left by Sunday night. And I do remember a nurse saying that um, Sundays, Sundays specifically, they don't have as many nurses on staff. And that's why it took us so long. Because we thought we were going to be getting out of there, like, Sunday morning, early afternoon, and it took forever. I don't even yeah. think we were home until like eight, maybe nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, they were just and like, I was "Oh trying. yeah, you're leaving Sunday." Yeah, and I was trying. I mean, I was like, "Let's get this show on the road." Like, who, who do we need to talk to? Who needs to check whatever box for us? You know, and yep. like trying to like track those people down, and then like you have a shift change, and then they're like, "Oh well." You know, we need this and this and this. And, yeah, I was trying to make, make it happen, and it did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> it did not. It well, was... yeah, so going back to kind of classes. So, you know, you know, obviously, honey, you couldn't take the childhood development class and read all the books and yeah. all that jazz. But um, I think... I, I don't even think you have to do it at your hospital. I think literally you can find any hospital that's doing classes and it doesn't matter if you're delivering there or not. And you can go and you can take them. And we took the, um, it wasn't like a Lamaze class. Um, it was, I think it was just like a basic parenting class on like what to expect when it comes to coming in, having your baby and then taking an infant home. Yeah. Like we didn't really cover like they kind of taught us um kind of taught us to count the breathing but then you know did diaper changes, learned how to swaddle um and what they do is they prepare you to be in labor for 24 or more hours. I was fully prepared. I was fully prepared to go in on the 11th and not have Tristan till the 12th. Because that's what they prepare you for. They prepare you to be in labor forever. But I wasn't knowing that you were getting induced. Like, again, like, I don't I don't know why, but I had this expectation that, like, oh, okay, we're going at, like, 6 a.m., so, you know, you could, like, pop this thing out by, like, noon or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, like, we're going so early in the morning, so it's, like, you know, a decent chance, you know, and I just thought, again, you're inducing, like, I don't know, like, you know, the, you know, the medical advancements that we have that, like, if we're inducing it, we can tell your body to do this. Like, I just didn't think that was going to take, like, minimum 12 hours. Like, I had... I wasn't in labor for that long. You weren't, but, but, 
you know, when when you when you first took that stuff, we were there at like six a.m. Right? Six a.m. But I didn't I didn't start the pitocin drip until nine a.m. Yeah, like why not? Like I that know. was part of the problem that I have with. I was like, okay, we you have like an appointment, you know, you're showing up. Like it's not like we burst through the doors doors and said like, hey, we're gonna do this. Like right now, like let's do this. Like no, you had an appointment. We were set up to do this. Yeah, you don't start that till like nine a.m. So, and then what time did you have him? Um, my they broke my water at noon, and then I slept, and he was born at like seven twenty one. Yeah, I was thinking it was just like an hour or so later than that, but still, like, yeah. So again, for that whole time that it took that much time for the water to break, like I just thought, I thought like once you induced, like I don't know, I thought it was like they, I thought it was like taking like you know colon blow like you know you take it and like <laughs> boom we're gonna be we're gonna we got this show on the road you know so um what being induced <laughs> means is they give you a really extreme laxative that makes you poop out a baby <laughs> that's what happens guys that's how babies are made oh oh colton do you want to tell them how i got pregnant through your belly button <laughs> okay that I is how i don't know how it happened but through your belly button. Okay. <laughs> Osmosis through your belly button. Okay. <laughs> That's where babies come from, folks. They get inserted in your belly button, and then you poop them out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- those classes really do. They really do prepare you for the worst. And then you well, take these classes, and I shit you not... Learned how to swaddle a baby. Now, I have, like, a childhood development background. So, like, you know, like, infants, I need I needed a little bit more help. But, like, where Tristan's at right now, I'm like, I got this. This, I got this. But, so they teach you how to swaddle. And I'm trying to think how pregnant I was. I think we went to these things when I was probably, like, six, seven months pregnant. Maybe even sooner. By the time the kid was born, I was like, I forgot everything that that they showed us in that class. Luckily, I know how to change a diaper. I know how to burp a baby. I know um, mom, like mom brain is one of those things that who knows if science will ever be able to explain that. But but yeah, like I forgot how to swaddle. Um, I forgot how to swaddle. Um, And honestly... Like, since they prepare you to be in labor for so long, when we scheduled, so when I scheduled getting induced, um, just because that was the path that I wanted to go down, and we can talk about that, but it's not that important. Um, so we had to check into the hospital at like 6 a.m., something like that. Storm. It was snowing. It, yeah, it and was cold. yes, and there was, like there was a snowstorm. Snow on the ground. Yep, that was great. Um, super, super great. Um, they so like as anybody knows, when you go to the hospital to do any kind of procedure, anything like that, you aren't allowed to eat once you get there. Once you're checked in, you cannot eat. So I remember I woke up at three a.m. and I just. I ate all the way until we parked the car. Yeah, I mean, I remember making multiple things for breakfast and having all types of stuff, like, you know, like, packed for snacks because I was like, I wouldn't want to be in those shoes. I wouldn't want to not be able to eat for <laughs> for that amount of time, so. Because I was prepared to not eat for mm-hmm. over 24 hours. But real, real quick, I, I, I don't want to get too far without forgetting, like, so, not to, and then again, I feel bad because not to disagree, like, you're right, like, the, the classes taught a lot, but one of the biggest thing that, that I always think of when I think of the classes, though, that again, I'm always saying this because I hope it's, you know, really beneficial to other people because it's, like, one of my top three things that I try to pass on to other people was one that pissed me off the most was when we went to the, um, the class where they talked about... Um, postpartum depression and that really frustrated me because it was like like I felt like it was like a like a like a 
formality. Like you had to go through the class. Like I'm not saying that anyone told us to or anything, but what I'm getting is you're sitting in the class and they're like, okay, well, you know, like when, when, when you're in like an HR meeting or something and they're like, oh, we got to cover this real quick. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to really hear about it, but we got to cover it. So we're going to skim over this like really fast and be like, you know, this is a possibility that could happen to you, you know? And it's like, no. Yeah. Like recognizing the difference between baby blues and postpartum. Yeah. They just, they just kind of say like, you know, like, oh, you know, it could, you know, it could happen to you. And they keep talking about it like that. Like there's this really, really small chance that like, you know, and you, so you sit in this class and everyone, everyone looks around and just thinks like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. But like we sat in the back of that class and like you look at the statistics and everything of it and it probably literally happened to everyone that was in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you look at the stats in it and they should have been like, no, guess what? Like it's going to happen to, you know, there's a good chance it's going to happen to every single person in this class. In some just, way. Yeah. Just in to some what way. level or what way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But like, no, they tell you like, you know, that like you know, that there's a chance that this most extreme, most craziest stories, you know, happen, but like not even the stats that it would happen to like one person in that class when it's like, no, it's very likely it's going to happen to like 90% of that class. Yeah. And honestly, now that you say that, I really don't even remember that portion of the class, but I mean, like full disclosure, when we went to that class, like, um, The only reason why I found out I was pregnant is because I was severely depressed Mm. and I, my entire pregnancy, I had, I had what women don't even know is called antepartum depression. So it's, it is depression that you go through in your pregnancy and it makes you 10 times more likely of having postpartum depression in some capacity. Now, depression, anxiety, um, like I know that there's postpartum like OCD that can happen in women, um, paranoia, all these other things. It's not just depression is just the umbrella term for all right. these other things. But yeah, it was it was it it was skimmed over and it is almost still like this taboo thing when it's it's very mm. normal. Like I remember telling my doctor, like, I am not happy. Like I do not feel this sense of joy and bliss and I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't like, should I not be having this baby because I'm feeling this way? And she was like, no, you have what's called antipartum depression and it's okay. Like it's okay. And I, yeah, I was watched a lot more. Colin was aware of it. And like, and that was a big, um, that was a big fear you know, um, especially like during my pregnancy and then also after in my postpartum so too. Know, if I like this is shit's gonna, scary. Yeah, and this is and this is gonna sound really blunt and really uh and really straightforward, but you know, this is this is like the advice that like I wanna pass on to people is like, you know, like no, I feel like we should have sat in that class and like, you know, and they should have been like, okay, just like a simulation of making your breakfast smoothie. Like you're adding all this stuff into it and then you just throw it into a blender and like throw it into a shaker and shake it up. Like, hey, guess what? This is your hormones. What do you think is going to come out the other side of it? You know, like that's really how they should have put it. That mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like that, it, what it does, you know, to again, like women having babies, like that is such an altering state for your body that like, no, they shouldn't just be sitting like, oh, well, maybe kind of, sort of, there might be this slight chance that this happens. Like, no, they should turn around and be like, hey, guess what? This is your hormones. Like, turn on the blender and be like, we, you know, we don't know what's going to happen at the end of it. You know, like science doesn't, medicine doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, like this. And this is the norm. This is what happens. So, like, this could affect each one of you differently for a different amount of time. You know, every it's not going to affect any one of you the same way. In the instead only of, instead of it being like a fairy tale of like oh this might possibly have a slight chance of happening to you that's how mm-hmm. I felt like they sold it and like they did it's and ridiculous. then and then you have a baby and then the and then you go to your OBGYN in in post six weeks later and they literally hand you a questionnaire yeah and not even your doctor doesn't even read it I think I think it was like my doctor's nurse like nursing assistant 
came in and read it and was like, oh, so like you seem to be feeling okay. Knowing that I didn't feel great because it's like you fill out this questionnaire and then somebody comes and evaluates it and then decides whether or not you're okay when it's like, can someone just come in and have a real fucking conversation with me? And if it, and honestly, like that was something I, that is something that I advocate for. I have absolutely no shame talking about the fact that I was depressed when I was pregnant about, about the, about the, um, about the depression I went through the, uh, the identity depression I went through the postpartum anxiety that I still have, like all this other stuff, because it needs to be, it needs to be normalized because we went to, I, oh my God, that class was like, what? Some stupid, like, it was like a six or eight hour class. Like you had to take the day off of work to go to that class. And just the fact that like, that was just such a blurb. Right. In it, it's like when it's one like one slide of a of a hundred slide slideshow or something. You yeah, know, like, I agree. It's and okay it, to not be okay. Like it's that's well, it's totally normal. It, 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 like and then and that's why like I say it's in like my top three because to like to pass on to people because it shouldn't even be put that it's okay. Like really, we should be like in this day and age. Like I'm not you know definitely not the most you know progressive, but like it should be where we talk about like it's, it should be it's almost expected. You yeah, know, like I hate to say, but like, you know, again, from talking to, you know, friends and coworkers and, you know, whoever's, you know, will actually have like the balls to admit it or close enough to admit it, like their wives and girlfriends or fiancés or whatever all went through the same thing to a certain extent. So it's like, well, OK, so let's look at this, you know, like mathematically, do I just happen to know like the the two percent of the population that it happened to? no. It's happening to everybody, but no one's talking about it. That's how that's how this should be approached. Like honestly, like you know, I mean, I'm not real passionate about a lot of things, but like you know, in my small world, it has been very blatantly proven that like this happens to everybody, but our society just doesn't want to talk about it, and that's shitty. Yeah, like that really is. Especially because like, society puts on mothers, puts on pregnant women and moms that like. It's supposed to be the most amazing time of yeah. your life. Like, oh, my God, seeing your baby for the first time is, like, the greatest. Oh, my God. You, like, you'll finally have a purpose in life when you have a baby. And it's like, <laughs> okay, well, I've had a baby, and my baby did not give me a purpose right. in life. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, it sure. Like, you know, label. the crap out of me. Yeah, know, like, too, so. yeah, like, la- like go ahead and, and label me whatever you want to label me. But that's just an unrealistic yeah way of thinking and like in like oh my god it's just yeah that was insane they focused more on creating a birth plan yeah which is another big thing that like honestly i do recommend it i do recommend the birth plan but when they said make the birth plan it most likely will not be followed yeah but the our I will say our nurses did respect our birth plan oh, yeah. because it was kind of so one big thing. Colin and I we did not want to know at all what was going on down there. Yep. It was it was we look at each other. I push when I push. Do not ask me if I want to see. Do not ask me if I want to touch. No, <laughs> that was a big no no. In not a single nurse or doctor, no one asked. I would say if you create a birth plan, I just say do it and just put in all the things that you don't want. And if you're at a good hospital and if you got good nurses, they'll respect that. Where it was, I remember giving our first nurse our birth plan and when it was shift change, she gave it to her and and she was just like, hey, in the birth plan, they don't want to know anything. Yeah. And I think think we did that because we looked at it kind of like, you know, with me and being weird like i am that was like you know what what are the biggest what are your biggest priorities and like that was in our probably like top three it was like yeah you know we wanted that you were really worried about a c-section so it was like okay well let's not fill it with all types of like fluff that they have to like filter through like let's make sure that these are in there you know and it is like relatively short and like these are very big bold and like and I think they did. I think they were able to like scan through it and be like, okay, these are important. 
and they took those important things and really put the emphasis on them instead of you being like no i want vanilla candles (laughs) you know like crap like that yeah they didn't you know there wasn't a bunch of other stuff for them to try to again like you know look through they could look over it in like 15 seconds and realize okay this is important yeah and it was it was really nice to like not have to worry about that but like i do recommend a birth plan um you know like you can put like little things in it especially like maybe maybe if you have like an overbearing parent or something like that that's like gonna be at the hospital if you don't want them in the room because like our mine and colton's big thing was like this was it this was a very like intimate thing Mm -hmm. for Colton and I becoming parents and so we did put in our birth plan that only him and I were to be in the room now my best friends from across the country flew in for the birth of my child because that was something that was very important to me I wanted my best friends to be there I was the first one out of our friend group to have a baby so it was a really big deal to me looking back though I do wish they were in the room yeah i do that was that was one thing that right after tristan was born i wanted i wanted them there so like i mean i know we were having our moment but like i was just like man like that is one that's one thing that i do regret just a little bit because i know they wouldn't have been overbearing they would have stayed in they would have stayed in the background but i do wish they would have been there i think they yeah i mean you know the other problem too is just like you know this like it, it's easy to have that should have could have but like if anything went wrong like like okay like i don't, I don't know he might have to edit this out i don't know like oh this isn't going too far but like i won't forget when you know the nurse had that that turnover and was like no we need to get the doctor in here and like you drank like half a juice box uh-huh. and then threw it up yeah <laughs> and i remember being like oh shit (laughs) on so many levels like oh shit times like 10 and but like trying to keep my composure and like i hope that i did and i'll you know because i do remember saying like it's okay i was scared too yeah i was scared when that happened yeah and it was hard it was hard not to be and it was just like man i could have seen where like you know a to say but like you know if that could have happened or if anything would have went worse than that like with your friends like that easily could have been you know that could have went bad that could have yeah. made it more scary you know like well and well and it's we'll, easy for a shoulda woulda coulda when you knew everything went well you know yeah and like, we and we'll get there and i'll explain what happened with that because now thinking back on it it's like oh yeah like that makes sense but at the time it was terrifying oh, yeah. um but i want you because i was not allowed in this so our hospital um, and I do know that this class is open to the public. They do what's called a daddy class and it's for dads only. No women are allowed. So I want you to talk about what, what that class was like for you. Um, the biggest thing that I see, like, and I think why they really like encourage it is like, um, you know, they, they really do try to encourage like dads to come back, which is kind of nice to see, like, you know, you have, you know, like, I think we had some dude that was in the military and he had, I don't know, he had probably like a, a six month old and it was just, it was just kind of neat because like, uh, I could definitely tell, like, again, a lot of the other dudes, you know, definitely was a plan, had no idea. They were scared shitless only, you know, a lot more like only the only child. So again, like probably like no experience and, um, you know, and then you, you just see someone else like doing it, you know, like there was, you know, again, there was like the dude that was in the military and he had this and it was crazy because like, I think the kids were literally like less than a month apart. And like, you know, one was, you know, the other one was kind of like how Tristan is like, he was like a little human, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's a little dude, like the, the dad was holding him and his like, you know, and he was like hanging off like the edge of his knees, you know, as he's like sitting in the chair and like, but then like able to sit up and like the other dude's baby was like a blob <laughs> you know and it was you know which was a little discouraging but like it was crazy to see like how different it was but it was but it was still cool to see that like both of them were like they were doing it you know they weren't like experts they weren't like i don't know like teachers in child development or like worked at schools or you know what i mean and they were just like average people and you got to see them doing it and they were handling it you know like you know one of the kids got you know he got you know got fussy and turned around and whipped out a bottle and you know and they do tell you like you know this is 
this is easy. Like, you know, you really kind of do, you know, you check two or three things like, okay, clean diaper, like food, like tired. Okay. You check those three things and maybe, you know, you might have to check through them like two or three times, you know what I mean? But like, it really isn't a lot to it. Like after it happens, you know, like Mm -hmm. most of the stress and stuff is beforehand. And then the part that they don't want us to like tell is like a lot of it's like taking care of you guys because, you know, the heads up of like, you know, their hormones and like, you know, how much it's going to change and things are going to be different. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of just, you know, trying to really make sure that we can like be there for you. Um, that, I mean, that was the part that like really resonated with me. I mean, I'm sure there was like 10 chapters of, of different things, but those were the two that like that was what is what i remembered the most um was a lot of like yeah like you know you know a lot of things are happening to you and your body and you know things are going to be different you know they're not going to be permanent and just kind of have to go with the flow and try to try to be as accommodating as you can you know be there for you like you're the one that's having to go through all this like you know don't like don't be selfish (laughs) so yeah and I mean I will say you were after having Tristan you were so like you were like overly helpful but at that at that point I'm just like well I just had I just popped a human out of me like yeah you're right I shouldn't have to get up to get a glass of water you should go and do it for me but well I'm sure the class didn't like instill that you know no but I'm glad that they talked about it I'm glad that I'm glad that a dad class is available but um you know just know that there are resources available to you um at your hospital or literally any hospital you can look up any hospital and I'm almost positive you can go to a class. So our hospital provided this these really great classes. I'm really happy we had our baby there. And um, we're going to wrap it up. And you guys are going to have to uh, wait for part two, which is going to be um, actually having our baby and what that was like. <laughs> which, honestly, I cannot complain. I cannot complain. I do not want to have another baby, but I cannot complain at all. I'm sure you could, though. <laughs> I'm sure you could. No, I mean, no, it's just more of, yeah, you got lucky in it, you know, but it, it did go. It did go very well. We're very fortunate. We're yeah. very lucky. We were very, we were very, very lucky for how it went, but you guys are going to have to stick around and find out. And you know what, guys, if you have any questions for us, if you have any comments or concerns, um, just email, just email us at the regular podcast. And you know, if Colin has anything to answer, if there's anything we can answer together, we can pop back on if there's enough questions and we can start answering and hopefully put your mind at ease. I hope we didn't scare you too much. Yeah, it yeah, it is. It, it is overwhelming, but there's a lot of a lot of good to take from, you know, the the bad that we talked about is just, you know, this you know, you there's no reason to worry about those things that you can't control. And like everyone gets through it and I'm sure I'm sure you have to know someone that's like a really bad parent that like you know you're not gonna be. You know, like yeah. you know, you you know, you have that bad example, but you know, if you're wanting to do this and know that, you know, you're going to go through with it, like, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to be that way. Learn from the bad examples, you know? And so, cause no one has a book on it. No, so. there's no book to parenting. And at the end of the day, for all parents out there, the only thing you can do is your best. And if your best is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and mac and cheese for dinner and a popsicle, that's you doing your best and that's okay. There's no such thing as the perfect parent. The only thing we can do as parents is our best. So on that, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and um, Colton and I will be back for another bonus episode before you know it. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
Hey guys, if you like this episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the PM podcast. Also, please follow us on Instagram at the PM podcast 20. And if you'd like to reach out to us, please send us an email at pmpodcast20 at gmail.com. Thanks everybody for all your support. Love you.